Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today's film is Boyhood, directed by Richard Linklater. And just a heads up, we'll be spoiling lots of elements of the film if you haven't seen it. We always talk about films with spoilers in mind. Uh, the stars are L.R. Coltrane, who plays a boy <laughs> who uh, ages from, uh, what was it, 8 to 18? Yeah, I think so, yeah. 8 to 18? That can't be right. 7 to 18. Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette as his birth parents. Lorelei Linklater daughter of the director who plays his sister Sam uh, the budget was a mere four million dollars over 12 years Lloyd and I think this is a really good achievement based on the concept and how much could have gone wrong <laughs> yeah you know over the course of 12 years the director had he died Ethan Hawke would take over directing yeah, I read that. duties like it's isn't that crazy like to go with a contingency plan if the director dies you're the new director you know wow look I loved Boyhood I've seen so many five-star reviews and 10 out of 10 critic things that I, I thought, how good can it be? And the criticism I'd heard was that it was mundane and that the detail of life that was shown uh, was not that interesting. People say nothing happened, but of course it did because we watched many significant milestones in his life. And I wonder if because I'm a, a male, I liked it more. That's a really good point. Uh, I with um i did script writing uh at university and pretty much from that course and they teach us in all script writing schools script writing was pretty much invented with star wars you got a three-act structure you got to have a bad guy good guy and they call this um you know the hero's journey and they got to have a villain they got to have the crisis they got to have the catalyst they got to have the denouement and when people see uh, movies they expect these things and uh, uh, Hitchcock always said famously, drama is life without the boring parts, which works great for the Western culture, which Hitchcock was from. But w- you ask, what's boring to the Russians? The whole story. What's boring? Um, wh- what's bo- you ask, what's boring to the French people? Well, action. You know, they're only interested. Every culture is different. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of problems is with this movie, and I've read the criticism, I think that's fair. If you go in expecting payoffs, things that are introduced, and you want, oh, that's obviously going to resolve itself, it's going to be one of the most frustrating movies. Well, nothing's happening. Yeah, that scene when they were throwing that saw blade into the um, drywall, you know, something was going to happen there. He was going to punch that thing, that he was going to fall in, you know, or he's looking at um, the text message on his phone, sees a... Uh, a picture and then he crashes the car or something you know you're expecting all these um things to play out we see a drunken father um uh and his two kids the last image you see of the two kids walking up the stairs and the drunken father and you never see them again you know it's not resolved it's just like life you know we got this more like a documentary style approach i loved it i felt the dialogue was really natural i felt very emotional with all the characters i think patricia arcat and ethan hawke were wonderful absolutely wonderful 
there were misses with some of the segments and I understand um, as you're saying the over the 12 year period how they were writing it, a lot of improvisation a lot of we know where the story's headed but this kid has matured now what do you think it should be in this scene they're probably asking everyone was throwing in their little bits and pieces I thought the whole saw blade scene was just the worst scene of the movie because the acting of the kids was so bad <laughs> like the, I can see that yeah sure. yeah and some of the acting of the lead itself, himself when he was young and Richard Linklater's daughter took me out of the movie every time time that I, I always constitute a bad technique is when you notice it or when it takes you out of the magic of the movie um, but I thought this was a wonderful movie I think Richard Linklater deserves all the praise he gets because it's so human you know it's the depiction of a, a working class family going through America and his adolescence and everything like that and yeah maybe because we're male we really enjoyed it and a female uh, point of view might be so distant and alienated with this because this is a very um, pro- predominantly male story Richard Linklater um, the child as well um, Ethan Hawke you know yeah it has a lot of male voices certainly um, Patricia Arquette playing the mother as well she's the female that if women watching are going to relate to and her journey is is that she is at the beginning at the mercy of men <laughs> yeah and it takes her a while to find her groove but when she does it's ultimately very satisfying and her emotional journey is raising, raising these kids you know it's it's really interesting yeah she, she was a very strong character and Patricia Arquette, Arquette, Arquette was the perfect um, girl for the role and you see what's great about this movie is how much the actors evolve physically that's what's so grand about this it's not I understand because of the time constraints like Benjamin Button we have to rely on special effects to age him and things like that but there's just something so beautiful about seeing um Patricia Arquette, and I still think she looks stunning, <laughs> um, uh, age gracefully into this strong mother that's now going to... All the children's leaving the nest and she's left alone. And Ethan Hawke becoming, you know, from this young, gung-ho, single dad to this... He's now really settling in to become a father and the father who he he should have been in, in his Second time 20s. around. Second with, time with around. Yeah. yeah, and we see that transition with his vehicle and himself, How just how his hairstyle has changed. Mustache. Wonderful. Ethan Hawke great job yeah yeah definitely and um i imagined i was looking a little behind the scenes as i was watching it because obviously we know the concept it takes 12 years to make this movie they made 20 minute or so segments per year and edited it together as a film a narrative i imagined them having multiple actors in some parts like when you see the teacher who she goes up to the front of the class and you know says hi to introduces her son to i kind of guessed that he was romantically involved with her and then at the end of that scene you know he says you know maybe she can babysit again you know blah blah because why would you go up and say hi and introduce your kid to the teacher of the class i was suspect the whole time but i imagine because that was right at the end of one of the segments right before they jump forward to them being married they probably could have done that scene with multiple actors not quite knowing who was going to play that part the next year (laughs) yeah they probably had a few in mind i mean to be honest but there was probably some some parts like that where they they kind of went, we'll see if this works out or we won't see this person again. How did Richard Linklater not get bored? <laughs> like, you know, he was doing he other things in between. Great discipline, you know, to keep going, no, we're definitely doing that project. We're definitely doing that brand checking yeah. in every year. Man. It, yeah. it would just be like making short films, though, just yeah. with the same cast and the same story. What will be insane is if I feel like he's going to win Best Director. I feel like the foresight of this film of 12 years in this human story and it's 
not bombarded with special effects. I read somebody say this has the exact same runtime as the new Transformers film. <laughs> Mark of <Mode. laughs> Oh, did he say that? Yeah, that was Mark of Okay. Um, I just read it on IMDb or something, and um, just the difference in film. Uh, what did Mark Commode say about Mark that? Mark Commode said uh, transform Like, he always gives this example. Um, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey goes on for two hours and goes from the beginning of time to the birth of a new species. Um, Transformers goes on for, like, three and a half hours and goes nowhere. <laughs> and um, uh, your 12 years... Um, sorry, Boyhood goes on, you know, for three... Uh, was it two and a half hours? Um, and takes, yeah, takes you in this incredible journey um, with so much meaning and style uh, and Transformers goes on for heaps long and just says nothing, you know. <laughs> see, I haven't seen the new one. I, I've said this on the podcast before. I refuse to see the latest um, Transformers. Ethan Hawke must have felt like he raised this kid, seeing him every year and at these important moments in his life and giving him boyhood advice and stuff. I mean, if anyone else was working on this concept... They must be so annoyed at this film because it's so well executed. And wouldn't it be amazing if Richard Linklater, in five years, ten years, decides to do the next part of this film, which presumably would be Manhood, with the same cast, um, you know, the parents die, he becomes the parents, basically, his kids, you know, he falls in and out of love and his kids change and affect his life and... Richard Linklater would probably be in a place to be able to tell this story, you know, heading towards the end of his life. And well, will this have an effect on the people involved, making like specifically the children, because it's such a crucial age to be involved in such a long-running pro- uh, project? But oh. I think this has an end date. It's done. I don't know if they're going to do another thing like that. It'd be amazing to see, and uh, mostly because it'd be interesting just to continue the story. But you know, are you familiar with the Seven Up series? Yeah, I love them. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen them all or anything, but I imagine that if you're involved in a thing like this where every seven years they come and check in on your life you'd feel amazing pressure to do things before that every seven years you've got to feel like you've reinvented yourself been more successful had kids been married whatever you feel like you've got to do it because you know i was in a survey that was like that a big massive survey started in year eight or year nine and continued all the way to my late 20s and they called up every year and they ask these questions, are you satisfied, are you working, are you single, I think, and yeah, it did, a young man, um, I answered such and such to these questions, I, I want to make sure I do this for next year. <laughs> it's a bit like New Year's resolutions or something. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the opening of this film, about 25 minutes of the youngest age, before a time jump, obviously has to establish the most information. You get Ethan Hawke saying a little can't believe how big they're getting you know and she's saying time's passing you know and a little nod to like what this film is i kept thinking is there going to be a line or a bit of dialogue or something that tells me the point of this film something that says this is life something that oh i think he said it when he goes oh we're just winging it you know at the bar i thought that was a very touching scene Mm -hmm. he goes you just got to forget about this girl man you know (laughs) and he just goes we're just winging it you know that's what life is and then patricia arakat ends with a very sad note, I, I just thought there'd be more to it, you know. I thought there'd be more, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it'd be more. And then at the very end... Um, I really liked a, this line, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like events, um, you, they say seize the moments, but it's like the event sees you yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, that was really touching. Sort of annoying that, uh, like I've been to America and the Americans are very beautiful people. 
but uh, he goes to the dorm and of course there's two girls of course there's this you know the shaggy like character gets hired Sidekick. and of course the girls are going to be a model quality <laughs> and of course America's going to have this very beautiful romantic um, scenery where they can go for a walk that's not an exaggeration that's the truth I've been to America it's like that. <laughs> welcome to college here's some drugs meet these chicks let's go hiking that was his first hour of college um, I love the dialogue I'm just going to do the quote you know how everyone always how everyone's always saying seize the moment I don't know I'm kind of thinking it's the other way around you know like the moment seizes us and of course they didn't have them kiss at that point before it cut to black they kind of smirk at each other like they kind of know there's something there I had wondered as he was going to meet his new roommate if it was going to be the kid who was the son of the abusive drunk you know who um like he was seeing him again because they both had the same sort of similar you know would have filled in the thing and 100 percent satisfaction survey of whatever for roommates if somehow that would have reunited them but that's not life that's giving the film too much of a narrative twist but as he went in there i went oh wouldn't that be amazing if he saw this guy again and there was this emotional like we've got so much to catch up on kind of hug and like so glad they both made it out of that situation you know which i mean i kind of imprinted on the film myself but it didn't need to happen because you kind of imagine that that kid's got his own movies sequence worth of events kind of going on. I love it how consistent the photography was in this film when it first began in 20, uh, 2002 and then it ends in 2012. It's so consistent. It doesn't look like old res versus high def. No. It made that very natural look. He's so credit goes Presumably to the film. Yeah. And uh, the, the, there's just so many wonderful little moments. They're at a diner with their father after... Um, after uh, playing um, bowling. bowling and they just have average conversations what are you guys doing and stuff like that and just talking about sex and then they, they go camping she's going to go thing and they, they just talk and for some reason those things just hit me so emotionally they, they're just talking no no dialogue about the plot or anything just, just average talk. I like that <laughs> I think Ethan Hawke's character did try and have too much life gives you stuff yeah he did say life doesn't give you bumpers that bowling scene you know we're just winging it was nice but his kind of constant advice i wondered how much of a deadbeat dad he was going to be and i liked that it was flipped and he actually became a great dad even though he was like a part-time dad you know he just wasn't made to be with patricia arquette's character one of my favorite scenes was when that uh, mexican kid yeah. uh, comes up and goes oh, i took your advice i became you know i took up night school and uh i uh, just want to thank and patricia arquette just goes oh thank you like she doesn't know what to say mm. but she's obviously satisfied that was a really cool reaction instead of the typical reaction oh thank you and giving a hug and everything she was just you know didn't know what to say that was really nice <laughs> I mean, it was just such a an average moment like when she throwaway moment i mean just when she's like you know you're really smart you should go back to school you know night school's not pretty affordable and that was it and just to imagine that a line like of dialogue can influence another person's life actions you know if somebody says something to you changes your entire life you know i'm sure you remember lots of things that people have said to you over time yeah whether they were good or bad but just that they did shape you in some way just as an example i imagine that the way that the alcoholic father stepfather in this film shaves his head made him rebel and grow his hair again because you see him with longish hair for quite a few time periods of his life and that's kind of a nod to the fact that it was taken from him at some point and that psychologically affected him the mother's doing psychology as well because she's had these relationships she needs to herself understand why she's drawn to a certain person 
there's so many patterns in this film I really enjoyed how she chooses that like authority figure guy who drinks there's like something in her father or something that she's choosing and like seeing and repeat and um yeah look I I mean I really enjoyed it and I think I've only seen it once I feel like repeat viewings I would see absolutely more stuff yeah yeah you know it's like it's a bit of a slow burn in parts like people watching it might go oh my god how much longer does this have to go but I couldn't stop watching it I found it really hypnotic I found it just to be this I didn't want to turn it off you know I, I liked how Dragon Ball Z sheets there were there were things like the Dragon Ball Z sheets the Spider-Man 2 poster on the back of his door things that time stamped the movie and the Game Boy yep. um, that changed to iPhones and the Nintendo Wii got a nod there the Nintendo Wii and then he's looking up uh, I love it how the pop cultural references like they talk about Star Wars mm-hmm. where they could take Star Wars and things like that I think there'll be another Star Wars movie <laughs> and he's watching Will Ferrell um, that really awesome video how many times could he watch it it's funny and you know it's the at landlord. the worst possible moment because just after the drunken um, father scene but yeah that was, that was as, great as well he's hiking with Ethan Hawke and he talks about how Pineapple Express and two other films were the biggest films that summer and, and his girlfriend didn't like it didn't like them or whatever um on the Dragon Ball Z thing, I was in Japan, living in Japan as a kid in 1990, and I was there for a full year, and um, there was this, Dragon Ball Z fans will know this, but Goku and Vegeta um, had this massive fight that wound up destroying the whole planet, and it was really epic and everything, um, that they dragged out for many, many episodes, and I had to leave Japan in 1990 before that fight concluded, and um in the year 2000, 10 years later, internet obviously wasn't around for me in 1990, about 10 years later, Dragon Ball Z came to Australia and was on uh, early morning <laughs> cartoons and I was able to see the end of that battle, which I had not seen 10 years before. And uh, I feel like that lines up with America getting Dragon Ball Z at a- approximately 1999 or whenever it was that this film started filming. And so we would have been influenced by America. America gets Dragon Ball Z, Australia gets Dragon Ball Z, because we get so much of the content filtered through America, what they see, then so we see. So see him seeing in the early 2000s is dead accurate. Is accurate, okay. yeah, which I perfectly nodded at, and he had the Vegeta sheets, you know, it's a character <laughs> from Dragon Ball Z and stuff. Wow. Yeah, and so right away I was kind of looking at this stuff going, Spider-Man 2, you know, that holds something for me. I saw that at the movies when I worked at the movies, you know, I can completely timestamp uh, Pineapple Express for me and things like that so you can kind of see where it is in your life and I think this movie would be great to see if you were about that kid's age absolutely I was just going to say when they were talking about Facebook and social media mm-hmm. unfortunately Dave and I missed this generation but it must be so crazy being a kid in high school now with with social media it must just be a different landscape um, you just know what everyone's doing relationships are forged and broken through it and we saw that like um he de- I guess he deleted his Facebook account in a sort of rebellious youth type thing and how people saw that as a strange thing. The point is, the dialogue is interwoven with the modern era that surrounds them. Yep. Just like what you were saying when they were talking about um, uh, video games and with the Nintendo Wii and stuff this like that. This timestamp, and, and Obama gets a mention when he's <laughs> um, putting out the signs and Bush, you know, vote for anybody but Bush. He wasn't to know what was going to happen at that point. You know, when he's making it, he doesn't know if... Uh, Obama's going to be elected, you know, but he includes the dialogue and it becomes so, like a reference, you know. Um, what do you think of that scene with the in the dark room and that long... Um, and that teacher comes yeah, in? Yeah, there's a teacher coming in. You think it's a bit too preachy? Or? I was thinking this teacher can't act. <laughs> um, a couple of things he said, I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. You didn't buy it. Yeah. 
But as well, I didn't like that other... Maybe this is just my thing against teachers, but when that other teacher comes up and is like, oh, yeah, it's going to be cool, you're going to love it, and people, you know, you find your people in college and it's better than high school and stuff, right on, you know. I was like, who is this? Like, because you haven't seen all the stuff in between, you have to imagine the backstories for him and all these people. You know, you may have seen him meet some of his childhood friends in class or whatever, and you go, oh, yeah, that's that kid, he's still hanging out with him or whatever. But so many side characters... Um, like his boss yeah like his, his boss is that your boss? boss wow yeah he's not going anywhere in his life but you you imprint on these people these backstories did you like how at his graduation there's that cougar woman who was oh, like yeah. you know do you need a lift do you need a lift and his friend laughs in yeah. the background that yeah. was great uh I, I like how active a lot of the actors were, the, just their physicality or what they were doing. Like, Patricia Erica, at almost every scene, she was moving. She, whether she was making food, she was doing an assignment, or she was um, doing the bills. And I, I can't tell you how many single mothers or mothers I've met that are always, like, when I come over briefly to the house, they're always like that. It's just so accurate. They're worrying about the bills. They're budgeting about things. Oh, we need to sell this. We need to do that. And everything like that. I just love that detail. And there was so much to this that's going on and, and exactly with the fashion with the um, fingernails how he gets his fingernails painted his ears pierced and everything mm. like that by the way speaking of that scene that ranger guy just disappears doesn't he the, the guy military. who was waiting for him well the military yes yeah. she mentions um, you know two all the stuff yeah. two ex-husbands but I think that might have been Ethan Hawke I don't think she married the second guy even if she did he's just more baggage she's lost along the way so you know Ethan Hawke, like, fashion alert, like, the first half of the film, it feels like he didn't buy anything new and he has a Peter Pan complex, like a syndrome. Um, he was wearing almost exactly the same shirt the first two times you see him, he's driving the same car, you know, but you kind of forgive it seeing where his character goes. I love that scene when he comes back to his roommate and he's getting rid of the weed and stuff like mm. that and he's going, I told you to clean up, man. Yeah. And then he sings a really touching song about his kid just to let him know, I'm, you know, you're in my heart all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was, that was really touching. <laughs> Music was a big factor in this film too. These songs were linking scenes. And, and it just, the whole movie opens with Coldplay. Mm. I think, was that the, was yeah, 2002 the same year as that song or was that song like I think it was 99 that song something like that yeah 2000 oh I don't know I don't know a thing about Coldplay look it's Coldplay Yellow that's the song yeah yeah and it opens with that yeah yeah Yeah. I'm not 100% sure when it came out but I feel like the music would have been accurate seems like that would be a detail that you know would make sense would make sense yeah Um, what's the lyrics of that song look at the stars look how they shine for you look how they shine for you okay yep And he's looking up into the sky at the beginning as a kid. Picture for the poster there. Yeah, great opening. Great foresight to take photos and go, this will be the poster or whatever, you know, when he's a kid. (laughs) Um, Grab him at his cutest. (laughs) Richard Linklater's daughter, Lorelai Linklater, was Samantha because she was always singing and dancing around the house, wanted to be in his movies, and so he put her in one. And then after four years, she lost interest and wanted her character to be killed off. (laughs) Um, He refused, saying it was too violent for what he was planning, and she eventually regained her enthusiasm yeah. and continued and, and that, that's what um, that if I was doing a project like this that's my biggest fear is just somebody getting bored losing momentum and things like that but it just must be so grand to have Ethan Hawke look there's Ethan Hawke well if they're in it I'm doing it you know? <laughs> but I mean for me what was distracting about her and again I loved the film but I was wondering if she was going to be adopted if there was going to be like a nod to Ethan Hawke not really being her father or something at some point because she looked so different just physically 
I mean, I bought that Mason was Mason Jr., you know, that they were related because they groomed him to look more like Ethan Hawke hairstyle, anything like that. Um, probably seeing Ethan Hawke every year yeah. would have influenced his mannerisms and stuff, you know, constantly being around each other. But for her, I just thought, like, not as much, you know. Like, I was wondering if she was adopted and and that sort of thing. Maybe they could have had Patricia Arquette's kid or, like, someone's real-life kid who was in the cast, you know. Yeah. I don't know Ethan Hawke's current family situation, if there was a kid who could have... You know, because that's carpooling, too. I mean, that saves another thing. Can you imagine... If you were an extra in this film, and you were in the first part of the film, and you were like, when is that film coming out? <laughs> you tell everyone, yeah, yeah, I'm in this oh, film. Oh, I was definitely in it. Richard Linklater was there. Yeah. Ethan Hawke, Patricia Erica. No, no, there wasn't. <laughs> no, it's definitely going to come out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when. Jeez, wouldn't that be frustrating? Imagine if this was a Kickstarter in 2002. <laughs> you just like, ah, oh, I, I put in $100 in this. <laughs> I want my copy of that yeah, DVD. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've moved house six times. <laughs> I also noted the uh, video games evolving and and I thought it was kind of in sync with the resetting of their lives because they had to reset so many times and like restart their moving house. They're, you know, they're doing a new thing, new school, new whatever. Did for you school seem like it never ended? Yeah, seemed like it was awesome. Never. Welcome to suck. Yeah, welcome to the suck. Yeah, which is from Jarhead. Oh, really? Um, I'm sure it's a common expression anyway. In America, but, sure, yeah. But just, yeah, look, the fact that you watch him age for this long, I mean, it just re-emphasized for me how long school goes for. Yes. And then school's replaced by work anyway. I was thinking about, after the credits, what happens next to this kid. And I imagined if based on the patterns of this world uh he's going to repeat the mistakes of his father you know not necessarily get someone pregnant but he's going to fall in in and out of love and that this is a really nice optimistic moment to leave the film where he's at college anything can happen he can become a famous photographer or whatever but in reality he has it spelled out to him that there's a hundred other people out there with more drive and ambition and everything in that preachy lecture uh the fact that you know he probably won't succeed and it's the same as Ethan Hawke, who's like, I'm going to be a great musician. musician. And he probably never succeeds. And he probably... And he doesn't. And yeah, he, he has to settle down. for mediocrity. And, yes. Yeah. And I imagined if we ever see anything else come out of this, any kind of sequel or further material, or Richard Linklater talks about it, I imagine you would have to think that Mason, as special as he is to us being the central character of the film, he has to, at some point, settle for mediocrity, doesn't he? And, like, settle down with somebody... And he has to settle in a place and maybe have a family and, like, have a mortgage and realise what life is. I would love to see that more than uh, he becomes a special photographer. Well, it's and not, it's like not that. life, is it? Like, no, exactly. The majority exactly, of people, yeah, yeah. We wouldn't be able to relate if we watched him become a war photographer or, like, photographing celebrities and, like, that's a whole other movie. That's not in the vein of this one. It's amazing. We see this whole film and I don't want to say it's a typical... Um, a kid going through boyhood and a teenager. This kid could be an exception to the norm of people growing up in America. But either way, what a beautiful thing the whole journey of it is. And it's just only thing you feel good at the end of this movie. Just like, wow, isn't life great? <laughs> you know, for all, even for worse or great, uh, for the better or worse, um, it's all great in the end. You know, that's what I got from it. And the whole film is all about him trying to find the point of everything. And we as viewers in ourselves find something beautiful as our point coming out of it isn't it? Yeah, it's a wonderful film 
I think this might be Richard Linklater's Magnus. Magnus, oh, yeah, I yeah. agree. I, I think so. I haven't seen the Love Trilogy um, before Midnight or... What oh, is I've it? seen them. Yeah, I haven't seen them um, yet. So, I mean, that's what they were working on in between this film. So that's and why that, that's the same bored. characters, isn't it? The whole it way. Is. Oh, gosh, is. I gotta watch this because I love me and Orson Welles. I love Dazed and Confused mm-hmm. and other Richard Linklater. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I really want to check out his work. But yeah, you're right. I, this is amazing. Mm. <laughs> like when I was going thinking about doing this podcast with you, Dave, I really wanted to ignore the technical side of it and just focus this movie just as a film. But it's so hard not to talk about that because you're seeing everyone evolve you're seeing that uh, that, that that boy turn into a young man and everything like that it, it just something you have to you know embed in the criticism of this movie mm. the one technical element which did take me out of the film as I watched it every now and then somebody couldn't act and I thought oh this is that not yeah some misses for me yeah yeah some acting misses and but I would have preferred to see people I didn't know acting not so well than some actor doing a small role. Yeah, that's and, a great point, yeah. And, like, we talked about Exodus last week and seeing, like, Sigourney Weaver in a very small role, I would have preferred to have seen somebody unknown and not focused on the fact that it was Sigourney Weaver. You know what I mean? Who, who was the actors that stuck out like a sore thumb for you in this? In As a bad actor? Yeah, Well, yeah. I mentioned the, the teacher in the, the dark room. Yeah, yeah, I thought there was a couple of lines he did that I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. well, you know. Uh, some of the kids... Um, yeah. The guy at the end who's, like, curly-haired roommate guy, I thought it was a bit over the top, but I was able to... Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, just sort of I think me that. and you have met guys like that anyway. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of go, all right, this guy's, you know, they're going for a cool dude kind of thing here. Um, There's no stifflers? <laughs> no. The, he was having a bit of a meet-cute with a girl, and they were talking about how some other girl liked him. Oh, yeah, on stuff. the bike. I like that yeah, scene. And yeah, and I was going to say, I thought she did really well. Yeah, she did great. Um, she sounded like a kid, teenager, just yeah. talking about what kids talk about. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, that was kind of a Twilight meet cute, and they were talking about how they didn't like Twilight and stuff, and Harry Potter was referenced in this. They all line up for the Yeah, people. they line up for the book. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, they did. I wonder how many things they filmed that were no longer relevant that just didn't work in a final edit of this Yeah, film. I heard he's working on a heavy release with Criterion, a special three-disc Blu-ray, and I okay. really can't wait to see that. Nice. I really feel like this has got Best Director, but it may or may not win Best Film. We still haven't seen Birdman in Australia, which I think everybody is loving, and I'm very fascinated by. Would, would Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke be supporting actors? I believe so. I never understood how supporting actors and main actors go. Because sometimes, you know, uh, Heath Ledger was a supporting actor. In uh, The Dark Knight. In, in The Dark Knight. Yeah. He wasn't the... Okay, I never understood that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would have been the Joker's story had it he been sure. the lead okay. actor, I yeah. suppose. Um, but sometimes... So yeah. best actor means best main character of the story. I so, suppose so. Yeah, so if Boyhood was nominated, best actor would go to the kid. Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, he would be the primary actor of the film. Yeah, and uh, the only awards, and I'm not saying they're bad, but um, Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke would win would be supporting. Um, yeah. Yes, but okay. I believe Ethan Hawke was also a co-producer or something, so for one best picture, I think he'd, he'd be would, up there. <laughs> he'd be up there for that. I think he was a co-producer. I, I re- do you hope it wins um, all these awards? Do you hope it takes it out? Do you, are, you, are you getting behind that much, or you couldn't care? You're like It's a good film already. It doesn't need the awards. Well, I don't think it needs the awards, Yeah, but I think it's the right time for it to be released. And I'm... Um, curious to see what's nominated before i really decide because I, obviously in australia we're still waiting on some stuff 
a lot of this has already come out. Screeners are probably out there in the States and, you know, people are already probably hyping for whatever campaigns. I mean, people think Interstellar is a big film this year. I mean, might be up for Best Picture, but I don't think it'll win Gone Girl. I think Gone Girl, like, has the best chance of being Best Director besides Boyhood here for Richard Linklater. I just think giving him Best Director at least um, really says congratulations on keeping your eyes on the prize in this project that... As well, the Oscars love a bit of a novelty. When the artist was like, you know, up for best picture, uh, it got it, and it's a little bit of a novelty. It's something different, something that stands out from the pack. But I feel like on an emotional level, everyone's gonna connect to boyhood, that everyone's gonna go, wow, I see something of myself in this, you know? Not just my Dragon Ball Z story. I mean, there's lots and lots of things I nodded to and thought, you know, I'm from a perfectly stable home. I haven't got divorced parents. But I still found the boy story in very emotional, yeah, for myself, you know. Yeah. yeah, look, it's. I was thinking about how random it is for boys growing up, and like how we literally become friends with whoever's around, you know, not based on anything in particular, just the fact that like we go to the same school, or like this is how you and I became friends, you know. He, in this film, he like finds and loses friends like that, and I think about all the friends that have come and gone in my life you know that's just on a very basic level something that i can see and there's that emotional scene where he doesn't get to say goodbye to his friend and his friend's riding on the bike and you just see him in the distance waving, waving. wasn't that touching and you yeah. never see him again yeah you know and you just kind of go oh, i didn't even get to say goodbye to that kid but this is like an important moment in his life and i can't understand watching stuff like that how you can say nothing happened in this movie especially when they escape from the abusive stepfather like the mother's on the floor being dramatic as he puts it you know um, of course stuff's happening. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. The, like, this has got a 99% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so a lot of people like this. And I've watched a couple of reviews on YouTube that were so aggressive towards this movie. But I can sympathise with the viewers if they're, again, if they're going in expecting a Hollywood movie with a plot, with payoffs, with this setup. Yeah, okay, the standard three-act structure. Uh, John Cassavetes, who's Martin Scorsese's... Um, mentor was heavily against that school he was always for improv he was always getting actors in there okay this is the character's role what do you think and then improvise the whole thing and i felt a lot of the cassavetti's um attitude was implemented in this film i think Linklater does that in a lot of his movies and uh i, I personally love it it has a weird energy to it and there's magical moments like you said um in this movie but i i can understand the the, that frustration if you're a movie viewer who wants that three-act structure all the time but uh, please let that go and just let just watch this movie <laughs> i would rather be surprised you know than go this is predictable i had no idea where this movie was going no yeah and that's what i love about it. i love that you know mm. yeah i just thought i would say that before i was going to say this one technical element took me out of the film and it's the skype call when he's talking to his dad they would have had to have used like a freeze frame of his hand holding the phone because it wasn't shaky at all oh. and it would have had a little green screen or something and they would have just pasted oh okay the, yeah the skype call with ethan hawk on there because it would have been impossible for to hold that steady and so every time i looked at that hand it was perfectly still <laughs> and that was the only thing that really took did, me did, out did you ever feel like crying at any moment in the movie i think patricia arcade at the end where she's like burst into tears I was I was sort of like I you know wish there'd be more whatever you know it felt like that was her final scene yeah I think not in any one particular scene I think it was just overwhelming like emotional that's exactly what I I felt just the whole journey was just 
uh, are very emotional because as he was walking through the chasm because oh, I haven't been there since I was a kid I thought yep. of him when he was camping with yep. his dad and just yep. the journey I had as a viewer was so beautiful like I went through this whole ride with them and I was like oh isn't this touching you know and he, this could be his possible wife sitting next to him there you but know but anyone could have been but like- just the just something about the lighting of that scene as well like mm. it's twilight or not not even twilight like it's maybe five o'clock in the afternoon they're at this beautiful setting and they're having this beautiful moment with each other and he's got his whole life ahead of him the optimistic ending the optimistic ending just this beautiful he what we've seen up until that point has been so beautiful despite some of the tragic scenes and what's ahead of him could be even more beautiful you as well. You were at the end. Yeah, really. exactly. I yeah. think ultimately, though, it would be wonderful to see a manhood movie. I think that it would paint him in the Ethan Hawke role. It would be too mundane. Where he it, just walks in, works in an office and gets depressed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But then what he says to his kids would be the important part of that film. What he passes on that he has learned. It's interesting. It's an interesting idea, but I don't know who would finance that. I don't know if Richard Linklater would have Richard Linklater said, and I, spent, I read this on Wiki, so I didn't go too much into research, as you could tell. He said, I was really shocked to see the same producers when I began this film still had their jobs mm. by the end. <laughs> the other thing about this film is that they're constantly bothering this kid about homework and curfews. And that really says something about parenting as well, like that those are the things that stick. I love it how Ethan Hawke is talking to him on that Skype call going, I oh, remember when you drive, you got to double check the lanes, you know, because driving is such an important thing, you know, he's telling him, yeah, I've got to be careful. Yeah, that was and, great. And as well, there was that bit where uh, Ethan Hawke says use a condom, you know, he's talking about Garrett, her boyfriend, who whatever, you know, is going to be there and stuff. He's wound up giving all this advice and like being quite a nice dad I, I love that and they were so open about drugs as well he comes yeah, home have you been home. drinking yep. and he goes yep have you been smoking weed a little yep. bit yeah okay. a little bit he goes okay we'll talk tomorrow that was great you know it's great but not the conversation you're expecting from the standard Hollywood yeah no, I can't believe you are drinking do you know what time it is because <laughs> it's his birthday and she didn't want to you know bring him down sure she's yeah. having a party at 12 whatever and she's got her own thing going on you know as well, this little thing that I noticed at the table with the stepfather, they're playing that 20 questions game. Uh, the, the brother you never see again is playing it and they can get asked to put it away a couple of times. And then the computer knows from 20 questions who your roommate's going to be. And that's what made me think oh, it was going to be. Yeah. It was gonna I be thought the that was a Tamagotchi. No, no, he had one of those maybe later. But the 20 questions thing, I've seen it before. It's like it asks you 20 questions and it can guess the thing you're thinking of because it narrows it down like process of elimination wow and they work too I mean but just the nod to the 20 questions again I thought we're going to see that kid again oh I see yeah yeah look I very much enjoyed the film I don't know if we'll ever see anything like it yeah Um, not in the near future anyway but I do enjoy the fact that it leaves optimistically and we can kind of put what we want on boyhood and just say you know this is what would happen next and even if we believe skeptically that he won't make it 50% 50% of people might believe he will make it. Yeah. You know, that he's going to go on to be a great photographer and you can see the talent there and that he'll find love. And and I found it interesting too how he saw other people like, um, you know, using guitars and stuff and that was like their means of getting girls and his became like photography and like the arts and stuff. And yeah. You just got to excel at one thing and girls like that will be lining up. <laughs> <laughs> But again, I like the idea of the best director for this ongoing vision. So we'll see what happens and 
when the nominations no doubt come I can't out wait yeah now that you brought this up because normally I don't get excited with Oscars or anything like that but I really like Boyhood and I feel like I've got an emotional attachment to it now mm-hmm. and I want to see Richard Linklater get up there <laughs> and I mean just it's a film about happiness ultimately I think it's about finding the thing that makes you happy in your life oh, if you would like some free DVDs guys uh, we're running an anagram competition right now uh, through Podme if you can and today's letter is K for Koala Pretty much what you got to do is collect the letters. Since episode 100, we've been releasing letters onto the podcast and um, form the name of an actor or actress, uh, unscramble the letters. They're obviously not in any particular order. And uh, send us a message on Facebook, facebook.com slash podme if you can. And let us know when you've unscrambled it and we'll send you out a podme if you can prize pack. Uh, Still hasn't been won. And, uh, you know, sitting there ready to ship to you. So, uh, look... We've got a few things coming up in 2015. Uh, I don't know which one's going to be our next uh, podcast, so I won't speculate here. But uh, if you subscribe to the podcast or uh, check out our YouTube channel, everything is at www.podmeifyoucan.com. Uh, we've really appreciated you listening in 2014 and uh, obviously hoping to to hear from more of you. We, we obviously enjoy doing requests as well, Lloyd. Absolutely, guys. Um, we're on Facebook and Twitter, so if you follow us on either of that, um, you can see updates from us and um, if you want a request just put in a comment there and we take all requests pretty seriously we've got a whole back catalogue that we're trying to eat through to to um, satisfy those requests and also in our YouTube channel if you want us to do specifically for that for our video channel we'll, we'll do that as well no problems definitely and uh, everybody have a good new year and we'll talk to you again in the podcast in 2015 yeah have a safe holidays everyone hit it for listening please like us on facebook and follow us on twitter go to www.podmeifyoucan.com pod me if you can movie reviews 